and it reads, Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him, meaning Jesus. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Verse 6. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You see, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Verse 8. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone. For they were afraid. May the Lord bless this reading of scripture. And please bow your heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for who you are. Most importantly, thank you for what you have done for us. Sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. I'm so grateful that you didn't allow him to remain in the grave, in the tomb. But we celebrate the fact that he is alive, he is risen, he is in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that as he went to go sit by the right side of the Father, you sent the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to remain in our midst as we celebrate what Jesus has done. So Holy Spirit, do what you do best, which is heal, save, and deliver. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, church, don't quiet me down now. <laughs> I have spoken to many of you guys, and some of you would already know that I'm a big fan of watching movies. I love watching movies during my time of rest. I enjoy staying in bed all day. That's where I'll eat my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner under my sheets. Now, I may not remember everything in the movie, but this is the time where I relax my mind and enjoy myself. I love watching movies such as comedy, action, adventures. One of my favorite movies is Oceans. I don't know if anyone ever seen that. Oceans trilogy, Oceans 11, 12, 13, no one? Oh, there you go. Yeah, 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 there you go. Oceans 11, 12, and 13. I love, oh, I just found out Oceans 8 is coming out. Yeah, check it out in June. Oceans 8. I love watching also Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum, and Legacy. Anything that has to do with Marvel, you already caught my attention. I love watching anything that's related to Gladiator. So I love Troy and Ben-Hur. And one of my favorite movies is Black Diamond. And definitely, if Power came out with a movie, that would be my number one movie that I would watch. Now, I know, I, know my, I know my movies are not as holy or as sanctified as, as you are, but please, please, just, just pray for me, and you know, these are just the ones that I love to watch. Now, one of the movies I came across throughout the years is one that came out in 1994. It was a top grossing film of that year. It, it won an Academy Award. The lead actor was Tom Hanks, who also won Best Actor for that year. That movie is called 
Forrest Gump. Now, throughout the movie of Forrest Gump, as some of you guys might already be thinking, this, is not, this does not fit in comedy or action or adventure, but I realize that in Forrest Gump, there are very many popular quotes that you will find in there, such as, stupid is as stupid does some of you guys, sorry. <laughs> but in case you missed it, you will find in Forrest Gump, there are some gospel undertones in this movie as Forrest reflects upon the quotes from his mother. Because whenever Forrest would quote something, he got it from his mother. And you would find that they are from some very good life lessons. There are some good gospel undertones within this movie. At one point in the movie, Forrest said, Mama always said that sometimes you've got to put your past behind you in order to move forward. Come on, come on, guys. I love some participation. Another part of the movie, Forrest said, Mama always said that dying is part of life. I wish it wasn't, but... It is. That's some good gospel, good news right there. And one of the famous um, sayings of Forrest Gump as he remembers what his mother would say to him that also has some gospel good news within it is that life is like a box full of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. The gospel of Gump reminds us that in the journey of life, every now and then, you will pull something out of it that is of other surprise to you. And after you have tasted it, even though you don't like it, proper etiquette reminds you that you can't put it back inside the box, but you have to eat it all the way through. Brothers and sisters, this morning, I'm not here to just simply quote lines from a movie that I hardly would maybe watch again. But I come to declare this Easter morning that no matter how big or small your Bible is, no matter how many times you do or do not come to church, the reality is that you cannot predict what you're going, what's going to happen in your life as you walk with God in this life. That God has a way of sometimes delivering to us a box filled of stuff that surprises us in an unpleasant manner. Somebody you've walked in today, you may or may not have faith, you trust in God or you believe that there is a God. But you know that there is in your faith, it has not granted you immunity from the disappointments that you receive in life. For every now and then you will find yourself surprised by what God has allowed to come on the doorsteps of your life. A diagnosis of cancer, that's an unpleasant surprise. Foreclosure. That's an unpleasant surprise. Mama going to hospice, that's an unpleasant surprise. Repossession, oh, that's an unpleasant surprise. Being laid off from work, that's an unpleasant surprise. Family and friends abandoning you, even though they said they will always be there beside you till the very end, that's an unpleasant surprise. Life is filled with surprises that don't always please us. But Easter reminds us that, brothers and sisters, that no matter what disappointments we encounter in life, how bad things have gotten, how long they've been the same way, Easter reminds us that we serve a God who not only allows us to deal with the unpleasantries of life, but we serve a God who can blow your mind, who can surprise you in ways that you never expected would, you would be surprised in your life. Oh, don't you know the God that we serve can turn the worst? into the best. You serve a God who can take ugly and make it beautiful. You serve a God who can take nothing and create a whole world out of it. Even if you have nothing, even if you have no one else to depend on, you can depend on what he's created. Because we serve a God who specializes 
in surprising us in ways that we never thought or expected. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, that's the good news for Easter this morning. That's the good news because so often we spend so much of our lives complaining about what we don't have, complaining about what we don't like, complaining about what God has done or has not done, complaining about what we don't deserve, complaining about what we haven't earned, that we fail to realize, to pause and celebrate that the God that we serve every now and then shows up in unexpected ways, shows up in an unexpected time, shows up in an unexpected manner, shows up to blow your mind. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe there are many people here today that can look back on the journey of their life and say, yes, I've had some disappointments. Yes, I've had some low moments. Yes, I've had some struggles. But every now and then, God shows up in an unexpected way to do what I did not expect, to do what I did not deserve. Oh, life is full of beautiful surprises. And that's what these women find out on the first day of the week, the very first Easter Sunday, as they make their way to the tomb of Jesus. Now, I want to put things in context for us this morning because I want us to remember that they pulled out of the box of life the last, for the last 36 hours many displeasing things that they were not expecting. Jesus being arrested in the garden, that's an unexpected surprise. Being betrayed by one of their own Judas, that's an unpleasant surprise. Watching Jesus be condemned, even though Pilate knows he's innocent. That's an unpleasant surprise. Watching their Savior be beaten within his breath of life. That's an unpleasant surprise. Watching him carry his cross up the hillside of Calvary. That's an unpleasant surprise. Seeing him hang there with two nails in his hands and a stake through his feet. That's an unpleasant surprise. Watching him groan and cry out in agony with the crown of thorns over his head, bitter vinegar on his lips, pierced at his side. That's an unpleasant surprise. Hearing him cry out, it is finished. Father, I submit my, I submit my life and my spirit into your hands. That's an unpleasant surprise. Watching him hang there for six hours on one Friday, only to breathe his last breath bow his head and die. That was not how the support, the story was supposed to end. That's not how it was supposed to happen. That's not what I expected. And because that's not what they expected, that's not how they thought it would end off. The next day on Saturday, they go through the motions of Sabbath. They go to the temple, they go to the church to worship. They go to praise, they go to pray, but at the end of the benediction, they're still disappointed. The same way they came into the church is the same way they left. Now I want to pause right there and let you know that every now and then that some, of, some people in right there in your pew due to the headaches of life, due to the issues of life, will come to church and just go through the motions of church because life has been so sorrowful, life has been so bad that it just weighs the pressure on top of them. They don't know what to do, so they just simply go through the motions. They raise their hand because they see that you raised your hands. They said amen because the pastor said to say amen. They rejoice and shout because they see everyone else rejoicing and shout. Have you ever found yourself in a place or in a position where you come to church and you're just simply going through the motions? You're simply going through the motions because of what life has brought to you unexpectedly. And here it is now, church is over. 
And the Bible says on the first day of the week, these sisters, they go to the graveyard expecting to encounter the dead body of Jesus in the tomb. Only to get there on the first Easter, the first Easter, the first Easter Sunday morning, and finds out that God is full of surprises. Where the Lord loves to shock and surprise his children and his people. Now, I don't plan to be long this morning because I know we got boxes of chocolate. I don't want them to melt or blame me for, for it melting. So I only got three points. Just three points that I want to share with you today to really talk about how God wants to surprise you. How he wants to surprise you in every day of your life. How Easter, Resurrection Sunday, represents the surprises that God has in store for you. The Bible says these women, they were on their way to the tomb. There is only but one question that is on their mind. Who will roll away this, this stone? Who will roll the stone away? It's in scriptures, in the Bible. Take a look at it. Remember, when Jesus is buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, they put a large stone in front of the grave. Some say the stone weighed about 2,000 pounds or one ton. And here are these three sisters on their way to the tomb and they begin to realize all, of us, all three of us put together are not strong enough to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. Now I just want to pause real quick right there. I'm really curious as to where's Peter and the other disciples? Where are the men that are supposed to be with these women? Where's John in all of this? Where are the other disciples? How did they let these three sisters go to the tomb all by themselves to try and struggle and try and wrestle with the fact that we don't know how the stone is going to be rolled away when these brothers should have been there with these sisters helping them out? But that is a very real a reality of life that every now and then you will find yourself in the position where you are abandoned by the folks who should have been there walking with you, who should have been there to help you do what you were called to do, who should have been there that you thought that you could count and depend on them only to find out that they are nowhere to be found. Their Facebook account is closed, their cell phone is now disconnected, you can't find them, IRS can't even find them, and you've gotten to a point where you realize that when they needed you, you were there for them. When they called on you, you were there for them. But here it is in your time of need. They can, are nowhere to be found. You cannot find them. So here comes these three sisters wondering, how are we going to move this rock? How are we going to roll this stone? Brothers and sisters, every now and then life will put us in a place where even everything you add up, your resume, your resources, your relationship, you still will always come up short. When you add everything up that you have garnered, that you have gained, you will always come up short because everything you have is not enough to do what you were called to do. But I came this morning to let you know that regardless of what you're worrying about, regardless of what you're struggling through, regardless of what you're thinking, how am I going to achieve this? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to make it out of this? How am I going to survive? How am I going to make it through this experience? Many of us were asking, how is this going to happen? And, 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 and the Bible says, that when they get to the tomb, when they get there, they find that the stone has already been rolled away. <laughs> 
I hear someone sleeping. You guys already sleeping on me? The stone has already been rolled away. They're worried how they're going to handle it. And they get there to find out that it's already rolled away. Oh my God, first time to talk. They're trying to figure it out. They're worrying about it. They're stressing over it. How are we going to make this happen? Only to find out that the God that they serve is so great that he's already rolled away the stone that was in their way. Uh, this is how God surprises us. That while we're worried about it, while we're stressing about it, while we're losing sleep over it, while we're trying to figure it out, God is so much God that he will go ahead of you. God will go ahead of you and handle what needs to be handled. He will go ahead of you and handle what needs to be handled on your behalf. God will surprise you by removing the obstacles out of your life. This is good news this morning. This is good news this morning because many of us have found ourselves in a place where you did not know what you're going to do, how you're going to handle it. You prayed and God showed up. You didn't know what was going to happen. You prayed, you fasted, and God showed up. The Lord took care of it. The Lord provided for you. The Lord made a way. The Lord took care of you. Because the Lord knows how to make a way somehow. Oh man, I believe many of us, we've been there before. You thought it would have been the worst, but God turned, made it turn out to be the best. You thought it would go down ugly, but God allowed it to go down peacefully. You thought it would hurt like, mm, but you didn't even feel a thing. <laughs> you thought you would lose everything, but it didn't cost you a thing. You thought they were going to say no, but they wound up saying yes. You thought they called you into the meeting to lay you off, but as you approached, they gave you a promotion at your job. Is there anybody that knows that we serve a God who is able to handle the storms in our lives? God, God, God knows how to surprise you. Can, 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 can we go a little bit deeper? Can I push it? Can I push it? If we know that he has moved stones, if we know that he has moved stones, then whatever I'm going through in life, I ought to expect and believe that he can and still will move stones in my life. I need to believe that if he has done it before, he can do it again. I need to believe if he did it before, if he did it yesterday, if he did it 2,000 years ago, he can do it in 2018. Oh, I serve God. He answered prayer. He's carried me through. He's made ways I never thought would be made. He's opened doors for me. Baby, I've seen God do things. I've experienced God work wonders. I've experienced God do miracles. If he did it last year, he could do it again this year. So I need to expect the God that I serve. He can still answer prayers. He can still heal my mother. He can still meet my needs. He can still move the stones that are in my life. Because God will surprise you by handling the obstacles that are in front of us. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, not only did they encounter, were they concerned about the stones that they had to move, but they were also concerned about the soldiers. If you read about in Matthew chapter 27, you will find out that the day that Jesus was crucified, the chief priests, the Pharisees went to Pilate and asked Pilate to put some guards on the outside of the tomb. And the guards had only one assignment. Can everyone say one assignment? One assignment. One assignment. One assignment. They only had one assignment. Do not 
let anyone in. Because these religious leaders, they were afraid that the disciples, <laughs> they were afraid that the disciples were going to try and steal the dead body of Jesus. <laughs> now, I want us to imagine real quick right here, a Roman soldier guarding the tomb, fully armed with every arsenal that was available to man at that time, with only one assignment. Do not let anyone in the tomb. Don't let anyone in. I guess don't let anyone out too. <laughs> and here are these three sisters trying to figure it out, trying to make sense. What are we going to do with these soldiers? How are we going to persuade these soldiers to let us in? How are we going to handle not just the stones in our life, but the people who come and stand against us? How are we going to handle the folks who don't want us to get the job done that God has called us to do? How are we going to handle the enemies that stand before us to, to stop us from achieving what the Lord has put in my heart to accomplish? How are we going to handle the people who stand in our way? Because sometimes it's not just obstacles. Sometimes it's opposition that you've got to deal with. I'll repeat that again. Sometimes it's not just obstacles. Sometimes it's opposition that you've got to deal with. But can I tell you how God surprises them? That when they show up, the Bible says in Matthew's version that the soldiers could not move. The soldiers had been restrained by the hand of God. They had some enemies they had to deal with. They had some opposition to overcome. They were worried about the soldiers that would stand in front of the tomb. But by the time they get there, the Lord has restrained them. The Lord has restrained the soldiers. So the soldiers that stood as opposition, the soldiers that stood as the enemy could not do anything to keep the woman from doing what God had called them to do. Oh my God. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but you need to know that you have some real enemies in your life, some people that have tried to stop you, some people that have come against you as an opposition, but the God that I serve, he's so much God that he will restrain them and hold them. As a matter of fact, I believe that many of us, not only have we have seen the Lord restrain our enemies, but the Lord will bless you in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> the Lord will bless you in the presence of your enemies. You see the problem you've been praying for God to take this girl away, take this, give him another job, move him to another state, move him to another city, take him out of the job. You've been praying for these things and God says, no, 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 I ain't got to do all of that. I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And they'll just watch God bless you. They'll just watch God provide for you. They'll just watch God deliver you. They'll just watch God work on your behalf. Oh, it's an amazing thing to see how God works for his children where he has prepared the table for us, where we can sit in the midst of all the enemies that are surround us, that are around us, and they just watch the Lord do crazy things in our lives. Okay, I'm going to take it a little bit deeper. In the book of Mark, Luke, and John, their account of the resurrection, they don't mention the soldiers. Check it. They don't mention the soldiers. When we get to our passage in Mark, the soldiers are not mentioned. And I think it's not mentioned for two reasons. It could be, number one, Mark looks back at the resurrection and sees how God has surprised them so much that he did not mention the soldiers because they don't matter. <laughs> he does not mention the soldiers because they do not matter. 
And I believe that's a story for someone here today where as you look back at what the Lord has done over your life and how he made a way, provided for you, delivered you, when you look back down at everything your enemies tried to do, attempted to do, it really doesn't matter. Whatever they said, it doesn't matter. Whatever they did, doesn't matter. However they lied, doesn't matter. Whoever they spoke to, it doesn't matter. Whatever they planned against you, it doesn't matter. In comparison to what God has done in your life, in comparison to how God has surprised you, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the, the second reason, the second reason why I think Mark does not mention the soldiers, Mark knows the names of all three of the women. He mentions all of them by name. But when it comes to the soldiers, when it comes to the opposition, he does not even remember their name. <laughs> Mark does not even remember the names of the soldiers to even mention who they are. Because here's how God will show you how good he's been to you and how everything he's done has been done to surprise you in your life. That when you look back at what people have said you couldn't do, what people have said you wouldn't do, what people have said you're unable to do, <laughs> it doesn't matter because I don't remember your name. Uh, 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 what's the name of that brother that I was talking about? It doesn't matter. I don't remember his name. What, what, what's the name of that sister that was complaining? It doesn't matter. I don't remember their name. Because when I look over at what God has done in my life, the surprise that God has brought to me, the thing that has been unexpected, I don't remember what someone did to me, how they spoke bad about me, how they criticized me, because I'm so enamored by who God is, by what God's doing in my life. You know, you know, you know, you know why, why this is so crazy? Because when you see them in church, it allows you to pass the peace of God to them, the love of God to them, the joy of the Lord to them. And while you're doing that, they're trying to figure out, wait, don't they remember like what I did to them? Don't they remember what I said about them? Don't they remember how I tried to plan against them? Baby, I don't remember your name. I don't remember what you did. I don't remember how you planned. How you acted. I don't remember none of that. All I'm focused on is what God is doing in my life. That has become bigger and greater than what you tried to attempt over me. So I don't even remember your name. I don't even remember what you've done. Oh man, if we take this a little bit further, as we continue to look in the passage, is that in the passage of Matthew, here it is, the, Matthew tells us how the soldiers were restrained, how the soldiers were held back. Once they saw the angels, they fell into fear. In other words, the Lord has a way of sending angels who will scare the enemy, who will scare the opposition that are in your life. God has a way of surprising us by sending angels. Yeah, okay, I, I, I get what's going on. So you, you guys are thinking I'm, ta I'm talking about the seraphims and the cherubims, the, the, the winged, the winged creatures, the one with the halos. You guys think about, I'm talking about them, but I'm not simply talking about them. But the Lord has a way of sending strangers, sending strangers in your life to bless you, even though they don't know you, they don't know your business, they don't know anything about you. But the Lord has a way of sending an angel into your life that you don't know their name, you don't know their address, you don't know their phone number. Because he wants to send the angels into our lives. Uh, the Lord has a way of blessing us. So God will surprise you by handling the obstacles in your life. God will surprise you by handling the oppositions in your life. But the biggest surprise of all 
is when they get to the tomb, they expect to see and find the body of Jesus. And the biggest surprise is that they come to realize they were told that Christ is risen from the dead. Oh, come on, church. Christ is risen from the dead. He's not in the tomb. He's not in the grave. The, the, the stone is, is, has been rolled away. He has risen from the dead. When you read throughout the Gospels, they ask the question, where did his body go? Where did you take him? Where is the body of Jesus? And here it is, the angel's response. If you're reading in any other translation, ESV, NIV, NKJV, KJV, whatever translation you're reading, it'll tell you something, but I, to, to this point, I just want to look at the Miami translation, the Miami version, the hook version, the, 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 the ghetto version. I just want to look at that translation this morning, where, where, where the angels respond to the three sisters. They said, ain't nobody take his body. He just walked up out of here. He just moved on out. He bounced from this place. He is no longer here. I don't know why you try to check for him. He is not here. Jesus left. Jesus just walked out. <laughs> Jesus walked out. Can, can, let, me, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Now, I know many of us were, some of you guys are new here this morning, so you may not know, but I'm, I'm, I'm of Haitian descent, so my parents are they're Caribbean, from, they're from the island. Now, I don't know if this is true in any, any, any other culture, but in the Caribbean culture, if you don't become a doctor, if you don't work as a lawyer, if you're not an architect, you are not successful. You have to be in either one of these fields in order to be successful in life. So my parents, they had that aspiration for every single one of their children, five of them. Did any of them end up? No, none of us. <laughs> seminary, I wanted to help my parents realize their dream. So while I was in seminary, I, I thought that the Lord wanted me to be a chaplain, so I went into chaplaincy. And during my clinical studies at that time, we would do rounds at either a juvenile detention center or in the hospital. And one day I ended up going into the hospital and I realized that one of the patients, she is no longer there. She got tired of being in the hospital. She said, I'm tired of being here. I no longer want to be here any longer. The doctor said, we want to keep you much longer um, to just kind of like look over certain things. She's like, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm leaving here. Only to find out that in order for her to leave, she had to sign a form called AMA, Against Medical Advice. Her doctor didn't want her to leave, but she signed herself out anyways and said I'm getting up out of this place. The nurse tried to convince her to stay but she said I'm sick and tired of being in this place. I'm ready to leave this place. I'm ready to leave this room right now. The therapist tried to convince her to stay, to have her seated. She said I'm signing myself out. In other words, she said if the doctor won't endorse it, if the nurse won't support it, if the therapist won't agree with it, I'm still leaving this place. Uh, I think you guys are slow this morning. You guys don't think I'm talking about the hospital. Let's take it back to the tomb. Jesus comes to this place and Jesus says, death didn't want me to leave. The devil tried to make me stay. The Jews tried to not keep me come out. The grave said, where are you going? Jesus said, against all advice, I'm walking out of this peace. I'm leaving this place. I'm stepping out. <laughs> Jesus said, against 
all advice. On, I'm leaving this place. I ain't got to take your opinions. I'm on mission. I'm on purpose. Jesus walks out. Now what gets me about all of this is that Jesus resurrects, but it seems like he's in a hurry. He leaves immediately. I would wonder if you know these sisters are coming, why not stay until they arrive so you can show yourself, so you can prove yourself to them? Where are you going? You just rose from the dead. Where are you going? What's so, what's so in a hurry that you've got to rush out of it? Is that a legitimate question? Legitimate Why are you so in a rush to leave? The angels come to the woman and they tell the woman he's gone. He's left. He went up the road in Galilee where he told you that he would go and meet you there where you're going. Before Jesus died, he told his disciples that he's going to Galilee when he resurrects and he'll be meeting them there. In other words, since Jesus is alive right now, he's decided to go and meet you where you're supposed to be going. As a matter of fact, he's going there ahead of you, before you, waiting so that when you get there, you'll find him there. Oh my gosh. The resurrected Jesus is at your very place where you need him to be, where he's waiting for you. Many of us, he's showing up in our lives in unexpected ways, doing unexpected things because he's there for us. Because his presence is there, it proves to us that he's alive. Because he's there when we didn't even invite him. Uh, I I was growing up, uh, I want to say maybe before I went to college, I I was a PK if you don't know. And, well, sorry, that means pastor's kid. And I had a friend. We were cool, but he wasn't the greatest friend because we always got in trouble. And so because I was the pastor's kid, I knew about a lot of the weddings that were going on. And at that time, I don't know about down here, but at that time, weddings were free. Basically, what I mean, in New York, you know, some people nowadays, they're, they're making people pay to attend their wedding. Um, as you're the invited guest, they're making you pay. But back then, it, it was free. No one got to pay. You, you come here, I come here to celebrate you. You know, so why I got to pay? So here it is. I know all these weddings that are going on, and I'm not invited to the wedding because I'm too young. I could drive, but I'm too young. They, they want my dad and my mom. They don't want me. So here it is, my friend and I, we've got this thing together where we are just going to come to the party. Just crash the party. Now, oh, I'm sorry. Crash the party means that you will attend something that you're not invited to. That's just what I mean. So here it is. We're attending these weddings, attending these events, though we're not invited. Now, if you attend something that you're not invited to, you got to make sure that you got swag, you got it going on, so that when the bride and the groom sees you, they don't kick you out right there, but they realize that you're the life of the party, you're making it going on, you're making it happen here, because without you, it, you know, it's boring. So here it is, we crash these weddings, we're enjoying ourselves, we're dancing on the dance floor, we decide to dance with the bride, you know, we're going, we're getting in. Because you got to have swag when you're crashing a party. Let me tell you how much swag that Jesus got. Jesus raised from the dead. He's alive. That he'll come into your life unexpected and crash your life. Come in the middle of your life unexpectedly. You didn't call him. You didn't ask him to. But you just went out and it worked out. This ain't going to work out. I didn't think it was going to work out. But it worked out. Because 
will crash into your life even if you don't invite him. He just ends up showing up. You're here this morning because he showed up in your life. You came to church because he showed up in your life. Many of us, we've accepted him because we just couldn't resist him. He, I didn't invite him. I wasn't even looking for him. I wasn't even checking him out. And he just shows up in my life. And I can't even resist his very presence in front of me. Oh, the Lord will surprise you by removing the obstacles. The Lord will surprise you by restraining the opposition. The Lord will surprise you with his presence. This morning, as I was reading the passage again in preparation for this morning, I realized something that caught my attention. Is that when the angels told the sisters to go tell the disciples where to meet him, because he's already there, they say, go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Why out of all people would you mention Peter? What is it about Peter that caused the angels to say, everyone else and Peter? The Lord had, had to reveal this to me to show me what happened to Peter before the cross. What happened to Peter before the resurrection? Peter denied Jesus. Peter felt shame. Peter felt guilty. Peter felt separated from the Lord. And the Father saw that. But it's a difference. This was before the cross. But after the cross, after the silent Saturday, after Sunday morning resurrection, when the Father looks at Peter, he sees that he looks distant, he sees that he looks separated, he sees that he feels shame, he, feels, he sees that he feels guilty about what he did. But when the Father sees him, the Father sees grace. The Father sees Jesus. The Father sees love. He doesn't see what Peter did before the cross. But after the cross, after resurrection, he doesn't see the sins. He doesn't see the mistakes. He doesn't see the follows. He doesn't see the, the distance of separation. All he sees is that Jesus died for someone like me. Jesus died for someone like Jonathan. Jesus died for someone like Horatio. Jesus died for someone like Rebecca. Jesus died for someone like Hermine. Jesus died for someone like you, for someone like me. Yes. Jesus died. Yes. So now when the Father yes. looks at every single person, who feels distant, who feels far from God. He says, go tell the church and Jonathan. Go tell the church and Rebecca. Go tell the church and Linda. Go tell the church and Helena. Go tell the church and Horatio. Go tell the church and every single person who might come far. And distant and ashamed and discounted and like they can't be in, like they won't be recognized, like they're unknown. After resurrection, everything changes. Because Sunday morning, this Easter morning, it's not just an event I attend once a year. No. 
boring. It's not just an event that I attend with my family. That's boring. It's not just, just an event so I could have my kids go, go Easter hunt hop. That, that, that's boring. That they have them. What about me as a parent, as a mother, as a father? It's not just an event. But that's why Easter is not just an event. But because Jesus lives, he wants you to experience the resurrection. He wants you to experience what it means to live life. He wants you to experience what it means to live the abundant life. He wants you to experience what it means to no longer be in life, but to be in fullness with the Father, living abundantly everlasting life. Not just in heaven, but right now. It's all about life. It's all about the different perspective. That's why Friday looks good. Because all our sins, everything we've done, has been forgiven, has been taken away from the perspective of resurrection. That's why he says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Because it's all about living the life that Jesus came to give to you, to you, to you, to you. Because in Jesus' mind, it doesn't make sense for me to be risen, for me to be alive, and you not be alive. It doesn't make sense for me to experience abundant life. And you're still stressing, you're still worried, you're still troubled. You're still trying to figure out how you're going to make it to tomorrow. It doesn't make sense. So that's why when the Father looks at you, He looks at you with love. He looks at you with grace. And He says, if you accept my Son, if you believe in my Son, this life, this resurrection of life that my Son has experienced, you can experience it too. You can experience it. This morning, I really want us to leave realizing that there's a surprise for every single person. A surprise for people who don't know God, who don't believe in Jesus, and a surprise for those who believe in Jesus. Because there's always more that God wants to do in your life. It's just different levels, different experiences that God wants you to why God wants to take you. There's always a surprise. Either you believe in him or if you don't believe in him. If you don't believe in him, the surprise he wants to give you is eternal life. Because you're not candidate. Eternal life. But because of Jesus, because what Jesus did, you now become a candidate to receive eternal life in heaven and now. If you're a believer, you say, I believe in Jesus, I trust Jesus. You're surprised? He's everlasting life. Fullness of life. The things you never expected to happen are going to happen in your life. Because you're a believer. So there's a surprise for everyone. As you, wherever you are right now, in your spiritual journey, in your spiritual walk, what surprise have you not received yet? What surprise have you not received yet? Let's bow our heads. Bow our heads right now so we can pray. I can pray for you. Those who have not made a decision, those who have never believed in Jesus, and those who have already believed in Jesus, but want to experience more life in the life we're living right now. Want to experience abundance where we are right now. If that's you this morning, where you've never accepted Jesus. You never took the step to say, I want to trust Jesus with my whole life. 
for eternal life, for where I'm going and where I am right now. I just want you to raise your hand on the count of three as I can recognize you, heaven can recognize you, and I can pray for you. One, God loves you. Two, your past, your sins are forgiven. And three, there's eternal life for you. If that's you, just raise your hand right now so I can see, I can recognize that you would like to make a decision this morning to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Accept Him into your life. Accept Him to enter into heaven. Accept Him as your Lord. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Because I can pray for you. Amen. If you are already a believer and you want to experience abundant life, you're tired of living the way that you're living. But you're like, God, I've accepted you before. But I want to recommit my life to you. I want to give my life back to you. I want to trust you again. So resurrection is not just an event I attend to, but something I experience every day. Not just on Sundays, but every day. I'd like you to raise your hand on the inclusion of this prayer. Everyone bow your heads. If you pray to accept Jesus, repeat after me. Jesus, I accept you into my life. I accept what you have done on the cross. I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died to take away my sins. I give my life to you and I receive your life for me. Thank you for accepting me. I pray that your spirit would be with me, would walk with me in this journey of life as I am now a follower of Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for everyone else. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the many people that have raised their hands this morning to recommit their life to you, to experience the abundance of life. Father, I pray that your spirit would provide them what they need to encounter the next obstacle, the next opposition, and to remind them that your very presence is with them wherever they go to the end of this age. Holy Spirit, guide them. Let them know, confirm to them that they are a child of God. And that recommitting their life to you is the best thing that they can do for themselves. Father, I thank for everyone else that is here in this place this morning. As we have understood the different surprises that you have for us. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would equip every single one of us would empower every single one of us that we no longer look at Easter as an event 
But we can experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That the same spirit that resurrected Christ now lives and resides within us. Father, we seek and we expect for more to be done in our lives. Where we're not living mediocre lives. We're not settling for less. But we're expecting and believing in the God that we serve. Not in the things that he provides to us, but in the God that we serve as our source. Father, we pray that you would bless the rest of our time here this morning. That we will continually want to be in your presence. And expect the best of life from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise? Can we give God some praise for who He is and what He has done in our lives? If you have made a decision to accept Jesus or to recommit your life, we have these blue cards that are right here in the front of your pew. Just quickly fill it out, and as the, the offering baskets are being passed, you will drop that in, and we can connect with you, and we can get to know you more, and also be light partners. That is our desire as a church, is that we can be light partners with each and every single person that is here, that we can help you live the life that you are called to live. We can help you live the life that you are expected to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want anyone to live mediocre life. But I want us to experience the abundant life, which is our desire as a church, that every single person who is far from God, every single person that is a member of this church, would live a full life, would be fully alive in Jesus. So our, our, our vision as a church, because we desire for everyone, everywhere, every day that we encounter them, to live fully alive in Jesus. Because we really want to be a life-giving church. A life-giving church that is open for every single person that is heartbroken. Every single person that is deserving. Every single person that is hurting. That has habits. Messed ups. We want to preach the life-giving message of Jesus every single Sunday. That when you come through these doors, you might have came one way. But you'll leave, you'll leave empowered. You'll leave feeling you've been resurrected. Life has come back on the inside of you. That this Easter Sunday is not just an event, but this is something that you can experience every time you enter through these doors, regardless of what's happening here. And we don't just want to keep it in here, but we want to be able to share this with our neighbors, share this with our friends. We just got this school. We want to be able to pour it into the students that we now can have an impact in their lives. We want to be a life-giving church where the life doesn't just stay within these four walls, but it's impacting our community, it's impacting our neighbors, it's impacting the schools, it's impacting Miami, it's impacting Golden Glades, it's impacting North Miami. That's what we want to do. That's what we have been called to do. So right now it's time for us to financially support, financially give into the vision and the mission of being a life-giving church to everyone, every day, every day. Here be at me, everyone. 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 Everywhere. Everywhere. Every day. Everyone. Everywhere. Every day. We want to be a life-giving church to everyone, everywhere, every day. Pastor Rachel, can you please pray for us? Father, we come into your presence knowing how much you have given. But you provided for us. Now we have an opportunity to give back. 
that you would be glorified and honored. We thank you so much for all the participation. That you will bless them, encourage them, that you 